How you doing, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Cypher Together podcast. This is your host, Luis Torres. I'm here eating some sugar-free muffins, watching some wrestling right now. Muffins are delicious. They're homemade from my significant other. She's awesome. I appreciate her a lot. They're really, really good and super healthy, so that always helps. You know, I got back from watching The Joker, uh, and man, that movie impacted me so much. It definitely left a mark on me. You know, it's uh, I love Joaquin Phoenix. He's an amazing actor. He's been in so many amazing movies. He was in this movie called Buffalo Soldiers, I believe it was called. And he was like in the army and he was kind of a jerk. And uh, it's with Anna Paquin, the girl from True Blood. And it's it's a very intense movie. You know, it's really good. Um, and I like him a lot. You know, I, I've been following his career for a long time. And he killed it in this, you know. He lost a ton of weight. He 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 embodied this character. He definitely lived through it. And you can see it. You can feel a lot of the pain that he goes through on screen. You know, I was sitting there watching the movie. And my hands were sweating. My palms were sweaty. You know, it was really intense. You know, I felt a lot of what was happening on the screen. And I think that's the point of a lot of movies that we watch is to make us feel our reaction. You know, if you sit there for two hours and you don't feel anything, did it serve its purpose? You know, anything, happy, sad, mad, angry, whatever it is. And I felt it all through this movie. I felt happy at certain points. I felt sad at certain points. I was angry at certain points. Um, I was excited in certain points. And it's it's not a fun movie. You know, you're not gonna want you're not gonna go see this movie and have a, a great time per se. Uh, but there should be you know moments of reflection in this movie. And, you know, I think if, if you or anybody you've ever loved has gone through some mental health issues, you know, or been bullied or felt, you know, disrespected or dismissed by the world, like it really digs deep into that. And I think at a time like now in 2019, you know, where there's a lot of things going on with mental health and, you know, the, the gun issues that we're having and all these different things that people are, are saying our president has mental health issues so you know there's a there's a lot of stuff going on where you know mental health is really coming into the forefront and hopefully it continues and i think a movie like this really drives that point i think the purpose of that of this movie is to really push it into the forefront and further into the conversation of are we really paying attention and i know there was a lot of controversy over whether this movie would you know, have people create more violence because of the movie. And that could be true and it could not, but how is it any more dangerous than everything else that's going on right now? You know, you turn on the news, you read a newspaper and it's all completely negative all the time. You know, I've, I don't watch the news specifically for that. I pick and choose what it is that I watch and who I watch it from. I don't watch the news. I don't believe everything that I hear. Because, you know, it's too difficult to nowadays. You don't know what's true. You don't know who to listen to and what to follow. And sometimes you have to make your own mind up. And it's difficult with all the false narratives that are going around. And so when you listen to mental health and, and when you hear people talk about mental health, it's, it's so vital right now that in 2019 that we pay more attention to it. And I love that this movie is bringing up that conversation deeper. Uh, it's awesome. 
you know, it's it's based off of a movie called The King of Comedy with Robert De Niro, where he was a failed comedian, and uh, it, he wasn't really funny at all. And he wanted to be famous, and he, you know, he really liked this popular talk show host. And uh, the only way that he could be on the show, he felt, was to kidnap the host and threaten to get him to get on the show, to put him on the show. Uh, and it's loosely based on that, uh, as well as other comics from the Joker. Um, and yeah, the Joker character is a dark character. It always has been. If, if you are into comics or you watch the movies in any sense of the word, you know, even Jack Nicholson, who played it in a more silly way, was a really dark Joker, too, if you see a lot of the things that he did. So, you know, for people to hear about this movie or think about this movie and say, you know, oh, it's going to be dark and dangerous and this and that, that's its purpose. Its purpose is to be that. And to show how dark things really can get. Uh, obviously, it's an extreme version of that, right? But And not all mental health people are violent or crazy or going to do things like that or want to do things like that. There's so many different layers and levels to it that obviously I'm not lumping in everybody that has a mental health issue with being like the Joker. But I think there is something to be said about having a really bad series of events that can lead us to dark paths. You know, you took a you take a look at all these shooters that are happening around. It's really getting out of hand. And you know, we 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 point at the gun laws and sure maybe they should be revisited. I, I agree with that. It doesn't hurt to take a look and, and wonder what can we do better in that area. But it's really the mental health aspect of it that I'm more concerned about, right? All of the, are these, were these people paid attention to, you know, were these people looked at by society and, and helped by society? You know, I myself have suffered with mental health issues, obviously, you know, we've had that um, conversation in the podcast before and, you know, I have, and, you know, to find a, a good therapist and a good psychiatrist was not easy for me. You know, it wasn't readily available. They have to check your insurance. And then, you know, I've called like 15, 20 of them. And I wish I was exaggerating. And and three or four or five of them called me back. Some of them didn't take my insurance. And this went on for months until I found somebody finally that I was able to connect with. But then you have to connect with the individual. See, a therapist or a psychiatrist is just like any other doctor or any other type of relationship. You have to connect with them to build a bond to, de- to help yourself. And if you don't have that, you have to find somebody new. And so, you know, I would have to go through the process again if I didn't like the person I was with. So imagine if I didn't have really good insurance and I didn't have those capabilities. And the best that I can do is maybe check myself into a mental hospital. But here's the thing. There's also levels and layers to a mental hospital. So you have some really, really good ones that are really expensive that have the best doctors that can help you the best they can, or they have some really shitty ones that have the doctors that are at the bottom of the barrel that just feed you medicine to put you to sleep so you're not bothering anybody. And if you don't think that's true, look into it. It's true. Now, that's the kind of stuff that can lead somebody to be like the Joker. And it's unfortunate and it sucks and if it takes this horrific dark movie to shine an even bigger light on it 
because we're starting to have a real, true, honest discussion about it. But let's burst it open. Let's break that bubble open and really dig down deep and see what we can do to fix all of these issues. If it takes a movie like this, I'm down. Because not only was it deep, but it was also really, really good. And the better something is, the more productive things will come out of it. It was very, very entertaining. Uh, The way they filmed it was, it looked just like if it was in the 80s. It definitely looks like Gotham City. It, it, it's, the soundtrack is fantastic. The acting is superb. The story is great from beginning to end. Everything about this movie was really, really, really good. It was really, really tight. Well shot. I mean, it was fantastic. So from a production standpoint, it's going to stand out, which is great because it also has a message behind it. I really, truly believe that. You know, if you listen to Joaquin Phoenix and the director talk about this movie, they say while it's a Joker movie and it has elements of the Joker story and, and you know, like from the comics and things like that, it's really a character study. And it's a character study on what if this happened to a certain individual? Could this person turn into this monster? That's what it's really about, right? It's it's turning the lens on society and saying, look at these things that happens to this individual that does happen to people, right? Because if you look at this movie and you see the things that happens to Arthur Fleck, which is the main character, who turns into the Joker, if you see the things that happens to this guy in this movie and you say, that can't happen, or that's not true, or that's not real, man, you're living in a bubble. People have gone through things like this. People do go through things like this because they're different, because there might be something wrong with them, whatever it may be, they are treated like that. It happens. And there's a part in the movie where, you know, Arthur's cut off from anybody helping him and it makes things even worse. And that also happens all the time. Programs get shut down. Funding gets shut down. And and to begin with, these pl- these places weren't the best to begin with, right? If you're poor, if you don't have access to that good health care or have a lot of money, then you got to take the bottom of the barrel help. And what happens when that help is gone? If you live in a major city, because I've traveled and I've been to Houston, Texas, which is a major city. I've and I live in New York City. I've been to L.A. There is a lot of homeless in these cities. And... A lot of them do have mental health issues. You can see it. Do all homeless people have mental issues? No. Right? I would hope that everybody understands I'm not plugging in everybody into one big thing. I just don't do that. But want to make sure everybody understands. I know not all homeless people have mental issues, but a lot of them do. A lot of them do. Get on a subway in New York City and tell me that a lot of the homeless people that are there don't have mental health issues. Now, whether they were caused because they went homeless or they went hopeless because of their mental health issues, it's all one and the same. Because you're not born, you're not always born with mental health issues. You develop them through tragic events sometimes. It happens. Sometimes just things in your DNA cause you to have mental mental health issues. Just like regular health issues. Some people aren't born diabetic, but they're prone to it because their family is diabetic. They have a history of diabetic in their family. So it's the same way with mental health. 
So there's a lot of homeless out there that have mental health issues and they have nowhere to go. There's no programs available. But there are also people, regular people, day in and day out that go to work, that are productive, that are a part of society and contribute to society. And they also have mental health issues that go unaddressed because of the stigma that still exists in 2019. The stigma of get over it. It's not that big of a deal. You'll be okay. What's the problem? Why don't you want to come out? You have a great life. You should be happy. These are all the things that are thrown at people who have mental health issues. And what if you hear that every single day and you're not happy and you're not okay? And all you're being told is to be okay, to get over it every single day. Not only that, but you lose your job or somebody treats you this way or somebody treats you that way or things just start spiraling out of control. You get beat up, you get robbed, something gets stolen, you get attacked. You get dumped. You go broke. What if those things start to go boom, 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 one after the other? How would you be? How would you feel? What if there's no help for you after that? All these things that sometimes are out of your control start to spiral. And there's nothing there to help you. There's nobody there to help you. Think about that. You Would you really be that strong? So... When I look at this movie, that's what I take away from it, is the this can happen to anybody, and this has happened to people. It doesn't promote violence. It's showing you this is what's happening. This is what's going on right now. Sure, at an extreme level, with an aim to entertain, it's still a movie. It's not a documentary, right? That's, you know, I get that. But that's what it's doing. It's This is happening right now. We want to stop all of these shootings that weren't an issue 40, 50 years ago. You didn't hear about this stuff 40, 50 years ago, even 30 years ago. This is a new problem that's hit our country. And it's because there's a lot of disenfranchised, angry, sad people. And, And there's a lot of them that unfortunately have mental health. And when you combine that, it's it's toxic. We need to get people help and we need to start helping each other. We need to stop dismissing our brothers and sisters when we know that there's something wrong. When they're having issues. We can't just chalk it up to a bad day anymore. That's not how it works in 2019. Because now a bad day turns into a bad life. Things are thrown at us every five minutes. There's five seconds there's something new going on with the government or the world. Life, it's hitting us at a faster rate and a faster speed than any other time in history. And how are we supposed to adjust to that? There's so much information coming towards us at once. And if you're not a part of it, you get lost. You get, you fall behind. So you're forced to be a part of it. So if we don't have that guidance of therapy and and psychiatrists and mental health officials and access to to medicine, then how are we going to take all of these things that are coming our way that our ancestors and people before us didn't have to deal with? And that's what this movie's highlighting. This movie is highlighting that exactly. It's saying there's an issue. This does happen to people and we have to address it because it's only going to get worse. You know, um, I'll talk about spoilers in a little bit, but you know, 
I just hope that coming out of this movie comes something positive, comes people actually, you know, coming together to understand like it needs to be addressed and we will do it together. Uh, that's really what I want. But it's an awesome movie. I think it was an awesome movie. It's super intense. If if you can't handle gruesome things or, you know, things that can maybe make you a little anxious or, you know, kind of throw you off, uh, I, I wouldn't suggest it for you unless you're like, you know, at home or maybe in a calmer environment because it is pretty intense. It's pretty chilling at times. Uh, but if you can handle it, I definitely recommend it because above all else, it is a really good movie. It's a great movie, actually. Fantastic movie. So if you want to be entertained, I guess you can say, watch it. Just understand that you're not walking into, you know, the kind of movie that will entertain you the way you traditionally think of a movie entertaining you. It's not a Marvel movie, right? It's not Aladdin or something like that. You'll walk out of it like, wow, like that was pretty intense. Uh, but the, I think the fact that you feel anything, I think definitely means something. And uh, I think we should all kind of take a look at this movie, watch it, analyze it, and really then start seeing how it affects us in the world that we live in now. Cool. Now, we're going to talk about spoilers. So we're going to take a short break. And when I come back, I'll go a little bit deeper as to what actually happens in the movie. All right, now, we're back. So... Fair warning, we're going to go into full-on spoilers for the movie. I'm going to try and recall as much of the movie as I can. Uh, I did see it a couple of days ago, but it's still pretty fresh in my mind. Kind of give you an overview of the plot, you know, and I'll go through each section and I'll tell you why those parts impacted me so much uh, and so uh, deeply. Uh, But yeah, so we'll kind of jump into it. So main character, his name is Arthur Fleck. He's basically a clown, like legitimately a clown, and he takes on odd jobs here and there. The beginning of the movie starts with him basically being beat up by a bunch of kids. They take his sign out in the street. I'm sure you've seen it in the trailers. And, you know, it starts off already showing you how much, you know, pain he kind of goes through and how sad his life is a bit. And, you know, go through his relationship with his mom. And his mom used to be a Wayne employee, and she's sick. And she, she sends letters to Thomas Wayne, which is Bruce Wayne's father, you know, stating how, you know, there's, she's sick and they need help or whatever the case may be. And she keeps, you know, telling Arthur that eventually they'll help because he's a good man. Uh, so they go through that. Uh, a lot of it is just, um, you know, seeing how the world treats him. So uh, at one point he... Let me see if I remember correctly. He, yeah, his, his boss is like making him like pay for stuff that he's getting blamed for, for losing the sign. That's what it was. There we go. Sorry. I'm trying to remember it, guys. So uh, his boss was making him pay for losing the sign, uh, even though, you know, he's like, hey, I mean, I got beat up, you know, like it's not my fault. I didn't keep it. You know, why would I keep it? And then the boss is basically, I don't know why and I don't care. It's your job to pay for it. All right. Which is really unfair. So now you're talking about. Obviously, his mom is sick, you know, he's getting beat up, and now his boss is a jerk, right? So that's like low-level stuff, and you're like, okay, you know, it kind of sucks, you know, his life kind of sucks, but, you know, it's tough, it is what it is, but what are you going to do? But he also has a condition where he can't control his laugh, and I thought this was so smart, 
This was so smart to do this. You know, Joker has a has an iconic laugh. He's that's his thing. You know, but to make that a part of the character, to make that a part of the person that he has an uncontrollable laugh that whenever he's in awkward situations, he just laughs. I thought was amazing. I it was so it was so clever, you know, and it definitely helped you kind of get into the the world a, a lot better and his mind a lot better, right? Because the laugh isn't something that he's doing for fun. It's actually something that happens when he gets nervous, when he's in an uncomfortable position, um, or he just he's just doing it. He can't control it, right? It's uncontrollable. So I thought that was so good. And so there's a scene where uh, I think you see it in the movie. Uh, in uh, trailers where he's on the bus with a young kid and he's playing around with the young kid, you know, and he's having fun with the kid. The kid is smiling. He's not doing anything crazy at all. He's just playing with him. And then the mother turns around and says, leave the kid alone. You know, and he's just looking at her like, you know, I was, I wasn't doing anything. And, you know, she was really rude to him and it made him feel awkward. And on a bus full of people, he just starts bursting out laughing. Right. So he's, he's just an awkward person doing awkward things. And some of it is out of his control. Actually, a lot of it is out of his control. Right. Because he didn't do anything to the kids to bother him in the beginning. Um, he didn't do anything to the, the kid on the bus or the lady. She was just being really, really rude. And uh, his boss is making him pay for a sign that he didn't break. He was beat up doing the job. Right. So, you know, it, it, it sucks. And um, so what ends up happening is one of his friends at the job because it's like a whole bunch of clowns working there uh gives him a gun and says you know you got to protect yourself it's a dangerous world out there you know at first he's just like hey i'm not supposed to kind of thing um but you know he's just like you know you're gonna protect yourself it's, it's crazy so he takes it you know the guy tells him you can pay me back later whatever the case may be cool so now he goes on on um on a job and on the job, he has the gun on him to protect himself. And it's actually in a in a, a hospital for children. So he's performing his act, he's dancing, he's singing, and the gun pops out. I, I audibly laughed out loud. But it's also kind of crazy that it would make me laugh, but I also cringed at the same time. But the gun comes out of him while he's dancing, and he's landing on the floor, and he's like fumbling for it. And... It's just, it's such a crazy scene because there's a, a live gun in the middle of, of kids who are sick in the hospital. He's supposed to be there to entertain them. And he picks up the gun, puts it in his jacket and, you know, does the shh to the kids or whatever. But everybody sees it, even the people that work there. So then obviously his boss, you know, calls him or he's talking to his boss and, you know, he's fired. You know, he brought a live gun. He tries to explain that it's a prop, but they don't believe him. And then come to find out that the guy who gave him the gun um, says that, he actually that arthur came to him asking him for a gun so he lied right so now think about it now it's starting to spiral right because he's got the stuff at home um you know he's he's taking care of his sick mom all by himself he now he lost his job he got beat up right so it's starting to really he's got his own mental health issues to deal with to begin with right and it's not clear as to what happened or how he got those issues so he's now it's, it's starting to really get out of control so now it gets to the point where he's on the subway right after he got fired in the clown suit. And these three guys start messing with this young lady and he's in an uncomfortable situation. So what does he start doing? He starts laughing. So then the three guys, you know, basically, what are you laughing at? They start messing with him, boom, boom, boom. And then now they're attacking him basically. So in defending himself, he shoots one of the guys. And then 
the other guys are there, so he shoots them to get up, basically to get away from the situation. The third guy, there's a third guy who's able to run away, and he starts following him, and he gets out of the train, and Joker follows him, Arthur follows him, and shoots him from in the back, outside of the train, goes home. And here you start to see where at first he was nervous about shooting the first guy to protect himself. He didn't really need to kill the third guy. So you kind of start to see now the madness take over him. And he kind of enjoyed it a little bit. You can tell. Right. So now we're moving away towards being sympathetic to him. But even saying, you know what, these guys were really they were real jerks. Right. They really did pick on him. They beat him up. You know, they, they tried to mess around with him. So. Even in, in an attempt to feel sympathetic for them, it's really hard to, right? Because there was no really need to mess with him, you know? Um, he wasn't really doing anything wrong, and they shouldn't have died. That's a bit drastic. Uh, but you can kind of understand it a little bit, right? Especially considering all the other circumstances going around that. Cool. So uh, I'll fast forward a little bit, and we get into a situation where um, he... Uh, he starts interacting with his neighbor. His neighbor is a young lady and she has a child and he starts to kind of build a little bit of a relationship with her. But while he was on the train, he was also wearing his clown outfit. So now a lot of people in Gotham who are feeling disenfranchised and upset about a lot of things that are going on are starting to call him a hero where obviously, you know, the police and even Thomas Wayne go out and, you know, they call him a clown and they, they call all the, the people who support him clowns and things like that to kind of go against what it is that he did. Um, so while he's trying to date this young lady and you see him date, you know, going on dates with her and interacting with her, uh, come to find out that the, the letters that his mom was sending to Thomas Wayne in the letter, it said that Thomas Wayne is actually his father. So now that would make Batman and the Joker brothers. Right? So I thought that was pretty cool when they first came out with that. I was like, wow, it's actually kind of kind of insane but all right let's see where it goes and um so he finds out that they're brothers and he actually goes to visit his brother uh bruce uh in front of the uh, mansion in the gate so he's, he's hanging out with bruce he's talking to him and alfred finds him and tells him to stay away and he attacks alfred uh, he doesn't kill him but he attacks him chokes him um and then he's able to get away um and you know alfred's telling him to stay away from them and um, so, you know, now he's going through a lot. He comes to find out that Thomas, you know, that, that he might be brothers with, with Bruce Wayne. And, you know, his father's Thomas Wayne. You know, he actually could be rich, whatever the case may be. His father, you know, he's wondering why his father doesn't want him, whatever. So then he actually hunts down Thomas Wayne. And he finds out that he's going to be at some uh, play or some show. And he finds him and he corners him in the bathroom. Um, but even in that scenario, he's actually coming up to him and saying, you know, hey, I'm your son. You know, uh, and Thomas is Wayne is like, you're not, you know, I don't know what you want from me, you know, and he's basically saying, I just want your love. Like, I just want a father. You know, he wasn't even asking for money or anything like that. So then Thomas Wayne dismisses him and says, your mother was crazy. She was in a mental institution. You're adopted. You know, you're you're a nobody. You know, you're not my son. Get away from me and hits him. Right. So so now. You know, we backtrack and we got all these things happening to this guy, right? He got beat up. He got fired. He, you know, his mother's sick and ill. Um, and she, you know, has to take care of her. Um, he got betrayed by a friend at work, right? So now his, his supposed father or the man he believes is his father, you know, punches him, rejects him, tells him that his mother's crazy. 
Um, so then he does some research and he comes to find out that his mother was actually in a, in a mental health institution. And not only that, but a big part as to why he is the way he is in terms of his mental health issues is because of the abuse that he suffered as a child at the hands of his mother. And that he isn't actually Thomas Wayne's son. And not only that, but he was adopted. So we don't really know who he is. Right. So he learns all this and it just this is where it kind of spirals him out of control. Um, his mother ends up being in the hospital because uh, she was approached by detectives who were talking to her about, you know, the whole clown thing, because they know that he's a clown. So they wanted to talk to him about what happened in the subway. And his mother ends up in the hospital and um, he he's there for her at first. But then when he comes and find out all this information, I think that was basically the last straw, you know, to find out that his mother lied to him his whole life that you know he was abused as a child that all of the issues that he has currently are because of his mother allowing you know abusing him and allowing others to abuse him um it really did a lot of damage to him it actually did real damage the abuse that he received was the reason why he can't control his laugh and all that stuff um so then he loses it he goes to the hospital and stuffs his mother with the pillow you know and that's the what he says the best line one of the best lines in the movie where he says, I used to think my life was a tragedy, but now I've realized it's a comedy. And man, like that scene was so intense. You know, he smothers his mother with a pillow. Um, and this is where it all kind of goes off the rails, right? Um, he uh, starts putting on the makeup. Um, he does, oh, uh, this is a part I forgot. He did a stand up show. Um, and he did a stand-up show and it ended up being caught on TV, but it was really, really bad. And so one of the hosts of like a popular TV show that he's like a huge fan of, that's where I get the King of Comedy reference. Cause it's kind of the same idea. He's a huge fan of this TV show host and he actually plays a clip of his act and he shits all over it. Like he just totally just disrespects him, calls him a loser, whatever the case may be. Um, cause he said he was a joker, right? So so now he actually um, fast forward and he's putting on the makeup and, you know, he's starting to kind of act a little crazy. And he gets a phone call saying that he's going to they want him to be on the show, that that clip was really, really popular and they want him to be on the show. So he's like, wow, OK, so he sees that as a big opportunity for himself. Um, but he's already spiraled out of control. He's you can tell he's you know, he's kind of losing it. He's not so ready. And now his friend comes over with another one, another person who's his friend who's actually a little person. And uh, his friend comes over and he ends up murdering his friend out of rage, right? Because uh, that's it, he's already, he's, already, he's already gone. He's already went past the point of return. I think when he smothered his mother, that was kind of the, the end for him. Um, and so he kills his friend, lets the other guy go because he said he was the only person who was really nice to him. So he let his other friend go. Kills his friend, and now he's, that's it, he dyes his hair green, and you get the, the traditional Joker. Green hair, makeup, all that stuff. And he looks awesome. And he is scary as all hell. But before this part, he actually goes after, I forgot about this, sorry, it was a couple of days ago. After he killed his mom, he actually goes to see the young lady that he's been dating. And that's where you come to find out that he imagined that whole entire relationship. Young lady doesn't know who he is. 
and she's asking him to leave his house. But mind you, throughout the whole movie, you've seen them go on dates. You've actually seen him in her house like it was no big deal. And then come to find out, he made it all up in his head. Right? It's just it's it's just so crazy. Like it just throws everything for a loop throughout the whole movie, man. Um, so now we, like I said, we you know, fast forward to the point where he's like in full makeup and he's going down these stairs that he of where he lives that they're really really tall. And you've probably seen this in clips too, where he's like dancing down the stairs. Man, it's such a, a dope scene because it's like you realize this is him finally being able to be free and be himself. But then you also realize that comes with violence, that comes with anger, that comes with pain. So he's, you know, he's, he's, you could say he's killed bad people, but I don't think the people that he's killed deserve to die, right? Like his mother had a mental illness herself. His friend was a jerk, but did he deserve to die, right? Like those three guys on the subways, they were jerks, but did they really deserve to die, right? But I think for him, you know, uh, oh, and there was a scene where, you know, he, he does see like a counselor, um, but eventually that program gets shut down. Right. And he's even telling the counselor, like, I come here and you don't even listen to me and nobody cares about me. And the counselor was very honest and said, no, you're right. They don't. They don't care about you or me. Right. So like basically everything that he's ever known was a lie. Everything that he's going through is just pain and anger and being pushed to the side. Now, the one avenue that he had to be able to kind of express himself is gone. So when you see him coming down the stairs, it's so symbolic of I've reached a point where I'm free, but that freedom comes with violence and pain and anger, and and this is me. And, and he's able to unleash himself, but in unleashing himself, it's just, it's a terror. It's, it's just so crazy. Um, and even the music choice that they chose was was, in, was amazing to go with it because it's almost comedic, but you, you laugh and you shouldn't be, right? So it makes you feel bad for laughing. Because this guy literally just murdered his friend. And it's just, it's so much. There's so many feelings that go into it. So then, gets on the show. Where's the makeup on the show? And, um, you know, he's, he's finally made it. And he's on there with the guy. And, you know, this is the part where he starts to realize, like, they only want him on the show to make fun of him. And, you know, for him, that was it. Like, he's been through so much to this point. Because when he first started off, right, he's on the show and he's, charismatic and the, the audience is actually laughing but then the host starts poking at him and making fun of him and then you start to you start to see him go you know this is it no more this is no longer going to happen to me ever again he tells that to the host and says you know the only brought me on here to make fun of me none of you care about me if i was in the street and i was laying there and i was dying none of you would stop for me and i actually agree with him you know, and in the world that they're in, like it, it probably would have went down that way. And so, yeah, he just kind of goes on a tirade about, you know, uh, people like him and how how they're treated and they're tired of it and makes, you know, one last kind of weird joke and boom, shoots the host in the head in live television. Um, and yeah, obviously it sends everybody running in the studio and it's just it's crazy. It's, it's just all over the place. He gets arrested. You know, while he's in the cop car, he starts to see all these people with the um, masks on and stuff celebrating him and cheering him on. Cop car gets hit by an uh, ambulance, gets taken out, and they uh, take him out of the cop car, these people in uh, masks. 
in uh in clown mask they take him out and you know they wake him up and he gets up and he starts dancing in the middle of everybody celebrating what he's done and then it cuts to you know bruce wayne coming out of a a play with his parents his parents are shot dead like in the story of batman and then fast forward to him being in a white room with like a psychiatrist and that's it that's where it ends and so it leads you to believe that possibly a lot of the story that he was saying wasn't true, right? So if you know, you know, the history of Joker, whenever they try to tell his origin, there's multiple stories that he tells. There's actually one book where he specifically tells three different ways of how he's come to, into existence or his, his backstory. Um, so I like that they did that as well, that they kind of played with that there. Um, it was awesome. Uh, you know, I hope I did like justice of recapping it um i didn't have any notes or anything so i had to go from memory but that's basically the gist of it but it's it's one of those movies where you're just like like you understand why he did the things that he did but it doesn't justify the things that he did um but what if at one point what if at one point throughout all that somebody was able to help him you know what if thomas wayne said yeah i'm not your dad but you know what let me see if i can get you some help or you know what, let me let me see what I can do for you. Or if those three guys didn't try to bully him, or if his friend didn't betray him, or if his mom gave a shit about him. Like what if at any point in time in those moments, you know, somebody reached out to him, uh, but it never happened. Uh, it was awesome. I, I was left just flabbergasted by the movie. Uh, I, I didn't think I was gonna go, I didn't think I was gonna come out feeling so intense about it, but it was good. Uh, I hope I did a decent recap. Um, I recommend anybody to see it that can handle it. I want to thank you guys for kind of being with this episode. No, it's a little bit different, but that's what it's all about, man. Trying different things and doing different things. I'm having a great time doing this. If you guys want to give me some ideas for further episodes, if you want to come on, you already know Decipher Together on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat. Just shoot me a DM. Let me know that you have some ideas. You can email it at Decipher Together. Don't forget that Together has the number two. We are going to be launching a Patreon page, which is going to be asking for support. It's only so I can get better equipment and do a lot more things with this as we go along. You don't have to. It would just be nice. I want to thank you guys for listening. Go see The Joker. Go support those kinds of movies. It's not your regular comic book movie. It's a bit deeper. It's more in-depth, and it's really going to make you think about a lot of things. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.